Welcome into the Bear Down Podcast here on the ESPN Chicago app. I'm Chris Black along with Adam Abdallah. That's right. You hear us weeknights 6 to 8 right here on ESPN 1000. And also Tuesdays and Thursdays, we bring to you the Bear Down Podcast. How about this, Abdallah? A special Bear Down Podcast today as we are super excited. Not only does football start today. That's right. The Hall of Fame game is tonight. We have football tonight. But also, if there's one thing that our listeners know us uh, uh, for our coverage and and talking football, it's the fact that we reference a website, footballoutsiders.com, and their DVOA stats throughout the football season. We have for years, and we always reference, it's like our Bible to the football season, DVOA and the Football Outsiders website. Today, we get to talk to the founder of Football Outsiders, Aaron Schatz from Football Outsiders. You can also follow him on Twitter at F. O underscore a shots right there on Twitter. And you can go to footballoutsiders.com. We start the conversation with Aaron shots talking about the Chicago bears. Yeah. The team with a bad roster. Is there any hope for this bears team heading into this season? Here's Aaron shots. There's always hope in the NFL. (laughs) Surprising things happen all the time. No team has no chance. So Yeah, I mean, our uh, simulations tend to be a little bit more conservative than the market. So teams are grouped closer around 500. But, like, we had the Bears going to the playoffs in 30% of our simulations, which, I mean, sounds high. But even if that's high by, I don't know, a third, that's still, you know, 20% of simulations. That's a one out of five chance. The defense could end up being pretty good. And Justin Fields could totally turn it around and be great and uplift what we all think is a pretty mediocre receiving cast. You should see the face that Chris and I just made at each other (laughs) when you said 30% chance to make the playoffs. That's shocking to us. How do you guys factor in uh, a new system for both the offense and the defense, a new coaching staff, so many new players? How do you guys kind of work that all into the formulas to come up with that number? So it's definitely worked in. All other things being equal, teams with new systems and new coaches will take a step back. And so that is uh, something that we've accounted for in our projections. Uh, You know, sometimes they take a step forward, but you can't really predict it. More often, they take a little bit of a step back while they learn the new system. Aaron Schatz from Football Outsiders talking football with Black and Abdallah here on ESPN 1000, the ESPN Chicago app. When we look at the other second-year quarterbacks heading into this year, how do you kind of stack Justin Fields in comparables to the other guys that are entering their second season? Well, there's no question Mac Jones was the best of the rookie quarterbacks last year, and... Trevor Lawrence was the guy who everyone felt by far had the most talent coming into the NFL. So I think Fields has to definitely rank behind the two of those guys. I would say that, you know, the potential makes him someone that you would rather have than Davis Mills right now. And he was better last year than Zach Wilson, who was just really horrible. So, you know, out of the the quarterbacks from last year, I'm leaving out Trey Lance because no one knows anything about Trey Lance at all. But, you know, I mean, he he probably is the third or fourth, depending on where you put Lance, out of the quarterbacks from last year. And then when you look at what uh, the the talent, you mentioned the talent around Trevor Lawrence and the talent around Justin Fields and the coaching staff that's around Mac Jones, it would make sense that Trevor Lawrence might be, and from what we saw in college, have the highest – upside but how much 
of a growing pain will it be again for a guy like Trevor Lawrence to come in with a different coaching staff? I mean, it's a problem. He has to learn, a, you know, learn another new system, learn new ter- terminology. But, you know, subjectively, this is not in the numbers. This is just subjective. But I'm, I'm actually, you know, think the Jaguars have some chance this year because if Urban Meyer really was like the worst coach in history, and a lot of people think he's close to that, um, the fact is that there is room for growth with Doug Peterson as the head coach, and everyone knows Lawrence has a ton of talent. So it wouldn't shock me to see the Jaguars suddenly be a 500 team this year. You know, something else that we were thinking about, Aaron, with the Chicago Bears is we kind of talk about, you know, the new offense, new defense, but with a offensive-minded head coach, you kind of assume there's going to be a little flair to the offensive side. That's not what the Bears have. They're the only team that went out and hired a defensive-minded head coach. The Saints elevated uh, Dennis Allen, but he was there already as a defensive coordinator. He's a defensive-minded uh, head coach. With Matt Eberflus taking over the defense, the one thing uh, that's been a topic on our show has been he's a defensive-minded coach running a defense, but his defenses in the past few years haven't been at the very top. Usually those are the guys that get head coaching jobs. What do you make of Eberflus and what he was able to do with the Colts and how that may or may not transfer to the Bears going forward? Yeah, I mean, you know, some of it is about whether these guys have the talent to run their scheme. Like, does the talent fit the scheme? And I think that the talent in Chicago fits what Eberflus wants to do. And certainly he was able to grab some of his own talent that he knew would fit his system, right? I mean, they've got Mm -hmm. the two second-round picks who are going to be starters in the secondary. You know, I will say that the Colts were a top 10 defense by our numbers the last two years. So you can't, I mean, Eberflus wasn't running the best defense in the league, but he was running a pretty good defense and not necessarily with the best personnel. So I understand why he got a head coaching job. It's just, you definitely don't want defensive coach to equal stagnant offense. I think Eberflus, I mean, I'm hoping, I think, that he's a little bit more of a forward thinker and he's not going to fall into this classic defensive coach trap of just don't have the offensive make any mistakes and run the ball a ton. And I mean, I realize that with the Bears personnel, that actually might make sense. But uh, as the Bears eventually grow and sure. get better receivers and improve their offensive line and stuff, you want to pass the ball. You want to build your offense around passing the ball. And too many defensive-minded head coaches are too run-focused on offense. Aaron, I, I know that the database goes back quite some time, and, and one of the cool things on Football Outsiders is always comparing to different eras and different great teams and different situations. And so, like, this team, this Bears team, has been so bad in the last couple of seasons. It, it feels like if they can get the defense to average, that would just make life a heck of a lot easier for everyone. When you look at teams that eventually surprise in the NFL, is that the best way to get to that point is by improving the defense first and getting the defense solidified and then worrying about a quarterback, worrying about an offense, trying to figure it out? No, I actually think that it's best the other way around because defense is less consistent and predictable than offense. So even if you turn the defense around from one year to the next, the third year may come and your defense may fall apart again. And a good example of this is the Washington Commanders slash football team who were a top five defense in 2020 and then one of the worst defenses in the league in 2021. So it was like, oh, we got the defense finally built. Now let's go work on the offense. And instead, the defense collapsed and the quarterback got injured. 
So, I mean, offense is the more consistent side of the ball. It is the easier side of the ball to trust. If you have a top quarterback, you know, you have a good offense pretty much every year. And the difference between this Bears team and a lot of those Bears teams from like the mid 2000s who are also strong, you know, strong on defense, because I, I do think the Bears are going to be a good defense, is that Fields at least has the potential. He's a high pick, a guy you traded up for. The potential for development is there. This isn't like Craig Krenzel or something. This is a guy with potential. When you look at, you mentioned, you know, top quarterbacks and looking at Aaron Rodgers and what he lost in Devontae Adams, what are your findings on how that will affect them? Because you mentioned 30% for the Bears. Well, we only think that 30% comes true as if Aaron Rodgers doesn't play for the Packers for some, you know, godforsaken reason this this season that he's hurt. You know, we're not wishing injury on anybody. But if, if he, the only way we see the Bears making the playoffs is if Aaron Rodgers isn't playing. But he did lose his top offensive target and one and the best wide receiver in the NFL. So how do you look at the Packers now that they've lost Devontae Adams? Well, remember, there are seven playoff teams per conference now. So you don't have to win the division yes. in order. You know, look at last year and the Raiders and the Steelers and mediocre teams yeah. slide into one of those last wildcard spots all the time. Um, Aaron Rodgers absolutely loses something by losing Devontae Adams. There's no question that if you look back at teams that have lost top wide receivers, they generally decline on offense, even if it is a great quarterback. And, you know, there was no difference when the Packers had Jordy Nelson get injured for a year and, and Rogers lost his best target, you know, at that point. And I, you know, I think that Mahomes will struggle a little bit without Tyree kill. And I think that Rogers will struggle a little bit without Adams. And the fact is that the chiefs did more to try to replace Hill than the Packers did to try to replace Adams. You know, the one thing that we kind of point to as we talk about football outsiders on our show each and every football season throughout the different weeks is that the Detroit Lions for a few years have been the team that the DVOA projections have pointed to as, hey, this team is is on the way up. They're going to be a surprise team. And, and we continue to kind of gamble off of that and look at that. And is this going to be another season where the projections suggest that the Lions won't be in the basement of the NFC North? Yep. Yep. <laughs> they did it again. Yeah, absolutely. They have an easy schedule. Uh, they project to be below average on offense and defense, but not among the worst in the league. You know, picking up DJ Chark is really good. Um, there's some really interesting young pieces on the defense. So, yeah, we have them a little bit above the Bears. Oh, that's unfortunate. Um, <laughs> when you're, as far as like looking at metrics and when you're looking at things that are, are kind of anomalies, how do you factor in a 45-year-old quarterback into, uh, into your system? <laughs> oh, you can't. You can't. I mean, there's never been... Like, you know, of doing statistical analysis is about looking at previous trends mm-hmm. and, you know, trying to uh, see what would mean if those trends carry into the future. There is no previous trend. <laughs> there is no 45-year-old quarterback. Like, there's never been anyone like Tom Brady. So we just kind of assume he's going to keep going until it stops because there's no indication that it's ever going to stop. And we don't know. Like, one of these years, if Brady doesn't retire, one of these years he's going to fall off a cliff. I just I don't want to gamble that it's going to be this year. There's no reason to believe it's going to be this year. Maybe it'll be next year. Maybe it'll be the year after that. So, yeah, trying to account for the fact that he's 45 years old, is you, you absolutely can't use the previous experience of 45-year-old quarterbacks because that's like 
Steve DeBerg and George Blanda, and that's it. <laughs> we always like trying to look as we head into the football season for the team that's going to surprise everyone. Last year, it was the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, one, does that trend with the Bengals playing the way they did last season, does that continue into this year? And then also, who's the team that you see and the numbers are suggesting, like that's the team no one's talking about that could have a really nice, successful season? You know, teams that play better at the end of the year than they did early in the year do not tend to carry that over to the following season. I know you. we want to believe that they do, and they just don't. And the fact is that during the regular season, the Bengals were actually a very average team. They just went on a really nice run in the playoffs with some close victories and played well against some good teams. So the Bengals are likely to be a better team this year, but it's not going to look as good because they're not going to make it to the Super Bowl. Uh, my my sort of pick for surprise is the New Orleans Saints. Uh, they are our number one projected defense. They were third in our defensive ratings a year ago. I don't think people realize how good their defense is. And on offense, Jameis Winston was above average last year. Now, that's only in half a season. But if you imagine that he could be average, and he's getting Michael Thomas back, and Michael Thomas looks healthy, and you put a top defense together with an average offense, that's a playoff team. Mm -hmm. And I think as far as the best teams go in the NFL, most people can agree that the Bills have the best roster on the NFL. But when you dig into the numbers, do the Bills actually have the best roster and the best team in the NFL this season? Yes. Bills are our favorite, just like Vegas. Tampa Bay is our favorite in the NFC, just like Vegas. We agree with the conventional wisdom about those two teams. Is there a team that you see that could possibly fall out of favor you know the team that surprises us going the other way a team that people think will be good but really they won't contend yeah um first of all we're not high on the whole afc south yeah no one Uh, is the whole (laughs) afc south has an average projection of under 500 so both the colts and the titans we are lower on than conventional wisdom I'll also mention the arizona cardinals their defense has been shockingly good the last couple years and made up for the fact that their offense keeps collapsing in the second half of the season. And, but when you look at the actual talent on their defense, you can't figure out how on earth did they play so good on defense? It doesn't make any sense. So right. we're expecting a good deal of a fallback from them on defense. And then the other team that may not live up to expectation is San Francisco, just because you have no idea what you're going to get out of Trey Lance. And if Trey Lance is really bad, it doesn't matter how good their defense is, the team's going to be bad. One division I wanted to ask you about, Aaron, is the AFC West. It it seems as if you have four possible playoff teams in that division, but then again, they all have to play each other. And does that eliminate some of the advantage that they have based on the rosters that they've assembled? What is the, the model suggesting for the AFC West with the Broncos, the Chiefs, the Raiders, and the Chargers? Well, their schedules are not necessarily as hard as you think because of some of the other teams that they play. I mean, yes, they have to play each other, but like the Chargers have the 23rd ranked schedule. So it is going to be a tough battle. We have the whole AFC West predicted to be better than average. Um, We actually have the Chargers slightly ahead of the Chiefs as our favorite in the division. And then we have the Broncos third and the Raiders fourth. 
but they're all going to be good teams. Yeah, I was going to ask you about Russell Wilson because last year we saw a team that, you know, was close to the Super Bowl and close to being that that perfect, that great team. And the Rams add Matthew Stafford and obviously they win the Super Bowl. And I was going to ask you if the Broncos could be on that same kind of path where they haven't really ever had the quarterback. They add Russell Wilson. And now could they be a team that could be a Super Bowl contender this year? Ain't no Aaron Donald in Denver. (laughs) I mean, yes, they can be a contender, and their offense should be very good. Their defense last year was a bit of a mirage. They were third in points allowed per game, but only 20th in yards per drive and 20th in the Football Outsiders DVOA ratings. So what happened was their offense played a very, very slow pace, and their special teams and a lack of turnovers meant that their opponents usually started with a lot of field left to go, like their opponents started in really bad field position. So even though the defense wasn't really that efficient, they didn't allow a lot of points because the other team just wasn't on the field that much. So with Wilson coming to town, the pace is going to speed up, which is going to put the defense on the field more and show that that defense is a bit overrated. But the offense should be strong, so we like the team overall. Is this finally the year to believe in all the hot take uh, commentary around the Dallas Cowboys, America's team? I mean, they were our number one team during the regular season last year, and I think people overstate the importance of that playoff loss. I mean, San Francisco was pretty good, and Dallas lost in a close game. So it's not like they got clobbered by a bad team in the playoffs, right? Right. So uh, Dallas is absolutely not as good as they were last year. The wide receiver situation is a real question mark at this point. Uh, Edge rush, you know, when Micah Parsons is playing regular linebacker, there are some edge rush rush questions. Uh, Their secondary is not going to have as many takeaways as last year. Takeaways just regress to the mean really strongly. But we still see the Cowboys as a top 10 team, and they have one of the easier schedules in the league. And then what about the Ravens and Lamar Jackson? Are, are they going to be able to, you know, is he finally going to be able to get over the playoff hump and, and actually prove that he's worthy of this huge mega deal that he's going to be expecting? I don't know, but I think they'll look really good in the regular season because, you know, they looked really good in the regular season in the previous two years, and then last year everybody got injured. <laughs> and they are absolutely going to be healthier than they were a year ago. Uh, they like their receivers more than the rest of us do. I mean, the rest of us look at the receivers and are like, Devin DuVernay and James Proche, like, are those really guys that you can trust? But the Ravens believe in them. So, um you know, I think overall the Ravens are going to be a strong team. Can they do it in the playoffs? There's more randomness to the playoffs than we want to believe. You know, we want to believe it's all about who's really the best, but there's randomness to the playoffs. And uh, I can't tell you the randomness whether Baltimore will show up when playoff time comes, but they're going to get there. They're going to the playoffs this year. And then two teams that kind of have uh, gone all in on their quarterbacks without actually believing in their quarterbacks, I guess it's make it or break a year for their quarterbacks, the Eagles and the Dolphins with Tua and Jalen and how they're going to, how you have them projecting out this year because the Ravens or the, uh, the Eagles have a great roster, but is Jalen the guy same with, with the Dolphins and Tua, they put a ton around him, but is he going to be able to show that he's worth it this year? Yeah. Uh, I I love the Eagles roster. I love the moves they made. I'm not saying I trust hurts, but Uh, We really believe in the Eagles this year. They have the easiest projected schedule. So we really like the Eagles to be a top team 
uh, you know, not necessarily because they're a top team, but they'll win more games because of their schedule. I'm not as high on Miami. Yes, it's good to have Tyreek Hill, uh, but, you know, there are some question marks on their defense. And it's going to be really interesting to see what happens to Tua in that Mike McDaniel Shanahan flavored offense because um, he did not have a lot of yards after the catch last year. And that offense is built to get yards after the catch. So there's going to be a dramatic change in what we see from Tagovailoa because of the scheme. It's going to be really interesting. But in general, our projections have Miami as pretty average. But the Eagles is one of the top teams in the league. If our listeners go to footballoutsiders.com, Aaron, what will they find? Well, they'll find a lot of fresh content for the preseason. We've got a lot of good stuff up. And then go to footballoutsiders.com slash subscribe for FO+. And that gets you the electronic version of the Football Outsiders Almanac, which is our 550-word preseason annual that predicts and talks about the entire league as well as the top college teams. Plus, you get our Kubiak Fantasy Football draft tool and our weekly projections during the season and picks against the spread and a number of fantasy stat tools that help you improve your DFS teams and your fantasy teams and all of that is at footballoutsiders.com slash subscribe or if you want the printed version of the almanac like an actual book you can read you can go to Amazon and just search for Football Outsiders Almanac 2022. It's great stuff, and we're also college football guys. We love the college football coverage as well. It's a must-have for the football season, and we love talking football with you, Aaron. We really appreciate it. Aaron Schatz from Football Outsiders. Thank you. Hey, thank you guys for having me on the show.